your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And the Avalanche are 1-0-0, and that's exactly what you wanted coming out of game number one, home crowd. Uh, all I don't want to say all the pressure on you, but if you had lost this game, like I said the other day, with, with Tampa losing the way that they lost, there's grumblings, and there shouldn't be. The same thing would have happened with the Colorado Avalanche if they had not played well, if they had come out on the wrong side of this. That did not happen, and the Avalanche made sure it didn't happen right from the beginning. So we will get to all of it and break it all down. Who did good? Who didn't do so good? What needs to be improved? And it's only one game, but it's still a win. First things first, follow the show on social media outlets. LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter. Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, go to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com and follow the show on the youtube channel just search for lockdown avalanche on youtube and subscribe and get notified when any new episode goes up so yeah uh overall you have to be happy with with the way the avalanche played came out firing and i'm not saying they they watched what happened in tampa maybe they did i'm sure a lot of guys did there's only two games on on day one I'm sure a lot of them were anxious to watch hockey just like all of us were. And maybe a lot of them were surprised how flat Tampa came out. And it wouldn't surprise me if they said something to the effect of that that can't be us. Yeah, this is the first game of the season. Yeah, there's going to be some rust on some players like Kale McCarr. uh, But overall, we have to set the tone early. And that's exactly, exactly what they did. Three goals. uh, We'll get to specific stats, but three goals in the first 10 minutes. And I don't know who out there, you know, follows the show on Twitter or follows any avalanche uh, accounts on Twitter, but there's the, the hashtag abs, Twitter psychic, which uh, is run by the, the, uh, I can't think of, I I don't know who the account is off the top of my head, but it's another, another show out there where, uh, they do this and and they, they, you just guess who the first player to score a goal for the avalanche is going to be in that particular game. Uh, I am willing to bet next to nobody put Jack Johnson down. Um, and I don't know if anybody else is going to put him down for the rest of the season. So, uh, but he did, he got the first abs goal. It was a, a, not a fluke play, just bad defense by Chicago that two, or it looked at first like two players <clears throat> kind of tripped over each other, but it was just one guy was out of position and the other guy tripped over himself, which left wide open ice for Jack Johnson of all of people. And he made a nice deep move and went to his backhand and flipped it right over Flurry's glove, which is not easy to do. He looked like a scorer on that play. He looked like someone who's who's you know ready to score a hundred points in the season with that play. Don't get me wrong; that is not going to happen. 
uh, but he, he he looked on that specific play to get the the crowd into it, to get the goal scoring going. Uh, <clears throat> five minutes in, I think it was four and a half in, but that got it going. And then Gabe Landeskog about a minute and twenty seconds later gets another one, and then Bowen Byram with an absolute laser which went right over the shoulder of Flory. And uh, <clears throat> that was Byram's first career goal. What a shot from that guy. Um, he, and, and, and after that, you were like, man, is this going to be – is Chicago going to be able to, to stop this at any point of the game? They needed to come out, you know, game number one and you're the road team you you know everybody's zero zero and zero, and when you're playing their first game on the road, you have to weather the storm because that home crowd is going to be fired up. You would assume the home team is going to be fired up, and Chicago didn't do that, and that was their undoing because one, especially with this Avalanche team, with this Avalanche team to get off to a start like that is the last thing Chicago wanted and the first thing the Avalanche wanted. So, uh, you know, the Avalanche typically start off seasons a little bit on the slow side. They're not that team. They haven't been that team. They did it once under uh, Patrick Waugh. I think they started 6-0-0, which is their best start ever. Uh, But they're typically a team that comes out, they'll win a couple, then lose one then win one, then lose one, before they start to get going. And you can see it on the ice. You can see that where the the improvements need to be made. And you could see that tonight, too. There are some improvements that the Avalanche do have to tackle over the next couple games before the Saturday game against St. Louis. But the one thing that was not glaring, which typically is at this early stage in in the season, is passing. Sometimes the passing isn't really there. It's a little bit behind a guy, a little bit in front of the guy. You know, and that's going to happen naturally over the course of, of a season, no matter if it's the first game or the 68th game. Uh, but I was surprised at how crisp and clean a lot of the passing was by the Avalanche tonight or last night now. Um, they looked good. They looked like they came ready to play. And when you're down your head coach who always emphasizes that who always emphasizes his catchphrase is compete level. And when he's not there, you better believe he told the team, I am going to be watching you (laughs) and I will have a good vantage point of your compete level. So you better bring it. And they brought it. So they didn't. Another thing that I liked, they didn't hesitate. When they had an open shot and a look, they took it. And how many times in the past have we said the Avalanche like to get too cute with things? They have all the talent in the world, and they try to to make those highlight real plays and highlight real goals to show up on SportsCenter, which it will now because it's on ESPN. Um, and, And they did that far too often. To the point they got called out on it, a lot by the media and by Bednar in press conferences. They didn't do that last night. If they had an opening, they were taking it. 
And I think you have to do that on a guy like Flurry. You have to do that on an eagle. Like, let's get real. But a guy like Flurry, if you're making a cross-ice pass, it has to be bang, bang, and get it on net. <clears throat> because even if you don't score, obviously, rebounds happen. If you have the other guys in position, they can clean up the mess. So you hear it all the time. Good things happen when you throw pucks at the net. And that is what the avalanche did. Everything uh, was going swimmingly. You had that that lull in the second, which I, th- you know, the avalanche couldn't have sustained that type of pressure the entire game. One, because it's just difficult to do. And two, because Chicago is going to make adjustments to stop you from doing that, which they did. And Chicago looked a little bit better in the second, but they still managed to eke out a goal. I'm pretty sure it was Kadri in the second. Yep. <clears throat> he was the lone goal in the second period. And Chicago was starting to play better, but it was nothing was getting through. And that's because Darcy Kemper was a madman. And I think it's only taken one game for people to forget the name Philip Grubauer. And I don't mean that as a slight to Grubauer. But uh, there was a lot of questions on could Kemper be <clears throat> the guy. And there's still going to be people that have questions about that. You're going to have to play a, a you know the duration of a, a season for people to really take a step back and really, uh, you know, take a, a, a look at what he's done over the course of the season. <clears throat> I get that. But after one game and how he played, Avalanche got a lead and he made sure it wasn't going anywhere. And the two goals he gave up were just phenomenal goal scoring goals. Both hit, I think one hit the crossbar and the other hit the post. So both goals clinked iron and and they were phenomenal shots. One was on the power play. I don't think the other one was. Let me double check. No. The one in the third by Connor Murphy was not on the power play. But the first one by Kubelik was on the power play. And that was just, you're not going to stop that. And all the other goals or shots that he should have stopped, he pretty much did, including breakaways. And that was the one rub on Grubauer. He's not good on breakaways. And he wasn't good on on penalty shots even though the avalanche didn't have a lot of penalty shot games last year he that's that's a downside for him this is not an issue less of an issue for darcy kemper kemper we'll get more into that but first we want to hear from bet online and we are back and better than ever as all eyes are on the gridiron the teams are back on the field for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, prop bets, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on to get your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, boxing. Obviously, hockey is back in action from or to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. It's bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Where the game starts at betonline.ag. All right, so let's get into some of the specifics here. For the Avs, uh, 36 shots on goal compared to the Blackhawks, 34. And that's an indication of the game tightening because after one, it was 19 to eight in favor of the Avalanche. So did the Avs continue to play their game? Uh, They got away from 
the pressure that they were putting on Chicago. And it's tough to say right now if it was them just playing, you're up three to nothing. Did they just go into more of a defense mode? It's not like they just completely backed off. Or was it Chicago kind of changing their mindset and even play a different game? Could be a combination of those things. The power play is the one area where <clears throat> it was glaring. Nathan McKinnon was not there. Because after those first three goals in less than 10 minutes, I think everybody was forgetting Nathan McKinnon wasn't even on the ice. Um, but as the game went on, I did anyway. I'm thinking to myself, man, uh, a Nathan McKinnon burst of speed right here would be, you know, just to get the crowd that, you know, when, when he just gets a full head of steam and then the crowd just starts like standing up, oh, what's he going to do? Um, we didn't have that. And there's really no player on the, on the ice outside of Kale McCarr who can really do that. Maybe Burakovsky, if he gets a good head of steam. Um, Rantanen's not built that way. So it, you know, maybe Logan O'Connor, who played a very good game, by the way, but McKinnon's your guy. That, that's who you turn to when you want that moment. So they, they, when the game kind of went down into that, it started to slow down a little bit. That's when you're looking for Nathan McKinnon, but it was absolutely glaring on the power play. They didn't have much, a couple good, good chances here and there. But nothing where you, you could see it like developing. You know when when Nathan McKinnon and, and Miko Renton are power play together, and you can just see a play forming a couple seconds before it happens. You just didn't have that. And when you have JT Comfer being the guy, you know, playing the the slingshot role, he he can he can do it. But you know, people fear Nathan McKinnon coming through uh, those zones. They're not fearing Comfort like they are McKinnon. So, you know, because of that, the power play was 0 for 4, um, where the Blackhawks were 1 for 3. Like I said, that Kubalik one was was solid. As far as individual stats go, uh, who played well? Who I don't think anybody played, like, awful. Um, who we got here? All right, Kadri with uh, 1 and 1, Landeskog with 1 and 1. Burkowski with an assist, Rantanen with an assist, Nachuskin with an assist, uh, Jack Johnson with that first goal of the season, Byram with one and one, and Eric Johnson with an assist. So uh, <clears throat> Bowen Byram played fantastic. He played like he he is as advertised. Uh, once the the rest of the defense gets once once Kale McCarr gets his legs and his game conditioning set. And once Devon Taves comes back and he might need a couple games to do that exact same thing, get his legs and get his conditioning game conditioning set. When you have man and you say it out loud and then it's, it's really scary once it gets to the point where like, yeah, these guys are settled in and you have McCarr and Taves and Byram and Gerard and Eric Johnson, it's just, you know, good luck. Good luck. So Cal McCarr was, was a little off tonight, and that's to be expected. Still played over 22 minutes, but this was his first action. So uh, he just looked a little off, 
like not real comfortable. I mean, I don't want to say uncomfortable with the puck, but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't coming naturally for him. Like it, like it normally does. I don't think anybody has any concern about that whatsoever, but he, you could tell like, yeah, he, he needs, he needs to get this game under his belt over with. And I'm sure that's all he needs is just this game. And you will see a much different Cal McCarr on Saturday against St. Louis. Um, uh, Nachuskin, I thought played well. He played hard. The the young line, the Jost, Ranta, and uh, Newhook line, was kind of quiet very early in the game. I thought they started to play a little bit better as the game went into the later stages, but in the beginning, I thought Newhook was just a ghost. He only played ten and a half minutes compared to Jost's uh, almost 16, and Ranta played just shy of 12. So I thought they got going, but uh, Newhook, I was looking for him so many times and just, and I couldn't, he wasn't doing too much. Um, But Logan O'Connor, I thought he played a great game. I think Logan O'Connor is going to be playing a lot more minutes uh, as this season goes on. Because he, the first shot of the game, I think it was the first shot of the game. He took a wrister from just above the dots. I don't think Flurry was expecting someone like him to take a shot like that, and it pinged off of the upright. Uh, if uh, I'm assuming, if you were there, it w- it was deafening. <clears throat> but that was an absolute laser, which didn't go in. I really liked his game tonight. I did. Uh, he does need to be a little bit more consistent and have consistent shifts because there are times where he's, you know, non-existent as well, but he's on a fourth line. I mean, he only got <clears throat> 10 minutes. What did I say he had? Where is it? Uh, yeah, just over 10. Personally, I think he needs more than that. I think he's earning that. So um, overall, I don't think there was anything really glaring. I thought Darren Helm played a very good game, took a really nasty hit but he seemed to come back. That's one of the ones where it's like he comes back and plays. And now that the game is over and he goes home and he takes a rest and he wakes up in the morning, he's hurting a little bit more. So uh, I would maybe keep an eye on the avalanche website or Twitter page. If anything's going on with Darren Helm, this was a physical game. Um, where's the hits? <clears throat> it, wow. I, I thought there was a lot more than that. They have the abs down for 25 and the Blackhawks down for 17. If there's any question on the Avalanche being a physical team or more of a physical team, more than answered last night. And it's with guys like uh, both Johnson and Johnson. Um, you know, you obviously you have Kadri, but the, the real question is Gabe Landeskog. He was not a happy man last night, and it was to his detriment. So we'll talk about that right after Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low, and they're for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So Gabe Landeskog, I put up on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, I always put up a poll after any win and ask, who is your locked on player of the game? And I had it ready to go for Jack Johnson, Bowen Byram, uh, Gabe Landeskog, and Darcy Kemper. And if you want to go on right now, you, you can vote on that. LOP and underscore avalanche. But with a little over four minutes to go, I removed Gabe Landeskog and inserted Nazem Kadri. And they had the same stats as far as, you know, two points. Uh, I think Kadri was a plus two and Landeskog was a plus three. But they both had a goal and an assist. And the reason I removed uh, Nathan, or Nathan McKinnon, um, <clears throat> Gabe Landeskog, is because he put a very dangerous and unnecessary hit on a Chicago Blackhawk player. I think it was Kirby Doc. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I'm almost positive it was Kirby Doc. See if I can find it. Um, yes, yes, it was Kirby Doc. Gabe Landeskog was on a mission when that play was developing. He was in their own zone. He tried to hit another Chicago Blackhawk player up against the boards. He didn't get him clean. When he turned around, it seemed like he was either chirping at a player or a ref. Something must have happened before the hit on Doc where Landeskog was, was not a happy camper. Fine. All well and good. What you don't want to do is what he did. Doc had possession of the puck. He was going through the neutral zone. Got tripped up a little bit. So he still had control of the puck as he was down on like one knee. And he's kind of gliding on that one knee. And he's going towards the boards. And Landeskog just unloads on him. And a very dangerous hit where Doc's head goes into the boards. Um, he got a misconduct, I believe, for that. I mean, there's only four and a half minutes left. So... Uh, well, you got a boarding call. You got a boarding call for that. And let's see. I want to find Landeskog's penalty minutes here. No, yeah, he, he got – so he got uh, just a boarding call, but he was out. He He went right to the locker room. And the game was not secure then. It was a, a four to two game. There's four and a half minutes left at the time when he did that. And now you put a guy's health in jeopardy, and now you put your team in jeopardy and a win in jeopardy. Because <clears throat> what did Chicago do? They pulled Flurry. Now you got six on four, which, you know, now the Avs can at least ice the puck and, and not get called because you're on the, on the, you're, you're on the penalty kill, but still that's, you know, there's six on four and four and a half minutes left and you're only up by two. So, you know, it, it didn't obviously result in, in any more goals, but the, the big issue here is I think Gabe Lansog is going to get a, a call from player safety. <clears throat> Was it a suspendable hit? I gotta be honest. It's, it's, towing the line if you haven't seen it 
go watch it. You could probably just watch. And I don't know if it'll. I'm sure you know people are resourceful. Um, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, <clears throat> or Twitter or wherever. Dangerous hit, very dangerous hit. So uh, we might be getting uh, Nathan McKinnon back on Saturday if he can test out and he comes up with a negative test. But there's a possibility Gabe Landeskog might not be here for a game. They might bench him for a game because he has a history, does have a history of this, where he gets a little too aggressive and he lets the anger get a, get take over him and he'll do something like that. He's got to know better than that. Especially when you're down, you know, your superstar and your team needs you. And the game's not, whether or not the game was, it was, uh, you know, in doubt or not is really not the issue. Wouldn't have mattered if the Avalanche were up six to nothing. You still don't do that. So um, <clears throat> I think Doc was okay. I don't know what the outcome of that was, but we'll see. And as I'm looking at my phone, there, there, you know, there's, I'm getting notifications about that hit specifically. Not that the Avalanche won the game, I'm getting those two, but there's one, you know, questionable hit by Landeskog. Um, I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow. I'm, I, I know they're going to be talking to him. I know they are. So this is not what you want for the Avalanche. You started the game great, as well as you could possibly start a game in the season. And then the rest of the game was a fight. It was a dogfight. And you're going to expect that from a team like the Blackhawks. And for the most part, you you weathered their storm. It wasn't much, but they tried. They gave it to you, and you shut it down. The Kadri goal was big in the second. And then you know you, you caught their last flurry at the end, which you shut down. But it shouldn't have happened that way. It shouldn't have happened that way because Landis God can't do stuff like that. So, what's this all mean? It all boils down to we're one zero and zero, and and that's the most important thing right now. So now you have a couple of days off. We'll get word on Landeskog. We'll get word on McKinnon. We'll get word on Bednar, and maybe all three of them will be back for Saturday against St. Louis. Uh, you can count on Bednar being back. I would almost guarantee that. I think the odds are in the favor of McKinnon returning. And I'm still up in the air with Gabe Landeskog right now, maybe missing a game because of that hit. Not good. Let me know what you think. Shoot me an email or send me a message on uh, Twitter if you disagree with me. Uh, but that will be it, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. It's always appreciated. Definitely go check out Locked On NHL where uh, – Adam and I start our uh, power rankings, not just ours, it's the leagues or the, the Lockdown NHL Network's side of uh, the network. All the hosts that host the NHL shows are voting on power rankings. So each and every week on Thursday, the show that Adam and I do, we will bring you the latest and greatest power rankings from across Lockdown NHL. So that one is out now as well. So go check that out uh, for your second listen. But thank you for making this your first listen and tuning in each and every day. It is always greatly appreciated. So we will see everyone tomorrow. Any news that uh, happens to come around, you know we'll be talking about it. And uh, overall, good, solid win by the Avs. Have a good one, everybody. We will see you tomorrow. Go, Avs, go!